Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name's Adam and joining me is always my co-host, Craig. And you're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Awesome. And so this is our end of season Q&A. Uh, we did one last time and it went down really well, actually. Uh, so we thought we'd do this again and maybe make it a bit of a regular thing. Uh, but before we do that, uh, how are you feeling, mate? Dude, I'm broken right now. We played, <laughs> we, we played rugby yesterday for the first time in over a year. I'm hurting. Yeah, we, we played some very COVID-safe rugby. Uh, it was a little bit of touch. And yeah, I one of the things that I noticed straight away from doing that is because I've been running most days during lockdown, is that obviously you don't really do any like sidestepping or moving side to side or yeah. anything like that. So about, I think, five minutes into playing, I could just literally feel my groin about to explode. So uh, that's always good, um, and then yeah, my feet are wrecked. They're just yeah, just not conditioned to like do twists and turns. Okay, so uh, I thought we'd do first off uh, is going to just have a little bit of reflection. Um, obviously, we've enjoyed the process and we speak about it, and we do have these little reflections after our episodes. But what was your favorite episode? Uh, what what's your favorite episode been so far? Favorite episode of like favorite episoding is mm. Miss Congeniality. Cool. Just because awesome. it was nothing but love for a great movie. Uh, but my favourite episode looking back, and it's kind of controversial one, but it's probably Legion. Oh, really? It oddly, Interesting. It oddly is, because I've had a lot of people... I mean, even the guys we were playing rugby yesterday said, oh, that's our favourite episode, because it's just you two hating on each other. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, listened... no, I don't think it was me doing any of the hating. I literally crossed out a question, which was, which was your least favourite episode? Because I knew that it was probably going to draw <laughs> up some some mixed feelings. But but what I'll say is, like, you sent me, I mentioned it in the following week, you sent me a long message. Your letter of concern. That, like, like, you're on thin ice, pal. Five or six ep- uh, other people sending me things saying, like, you're being miserable, you're being negative. And that I, was when I, I first realised, yeah. like, oh, after over a year... Hmm being in lockdown and being in COVID is finally starting to affect my mood. And that was the thing as well. And I, I, I really do feel for a lot of other people as well. I feel like I've done okay in lockdown. I, I like myself. Like, I like, you know, you know I like myself. Um, uh, I like spending time with myself. I'm very much, uh, as, as much as I love hanging out and socialising with people, and uh, you know, a lot of my job is talking to people. But yeah. I feel that, you know, once I've done my job, I want to come home and I want to like decompress and relax and I can do that. But saying that too much of uh, a good thing is, you know, it, it does weigh. And it's one of those things that I'm a really looking forward to going back to normality. That's why rugby yesterday was so awesome. Mm. Just seeing everyone. And we got to see each other face to face for uh, first, uh, first time, time in over two months. Something like that. Yeah. Crazy to think about it like that. Mm. Um, just to say, yeah, uh, I, I thought the, um, Funnily enough, the first night episodes, were, I, I even messaged you. I was like, actually, do you know what? Listen to this back. It was actually quite solid. And I we had some really good feedback on, on social media. A lot of mm. people messaging us as well, going, oh, dude, yeah, I remember that movie. Awesome. Uh, really funny. You guys are great. And you're like, oh, yes, all this validation. Give it to me. Mm. <laughs> uh, so with that then, uh, obviously, as uh, kind of touched on things going back to normality, um, cinemas will hopefully be opening up 
soonish. Mm. I mean, not really too sure when that's going to happen. So just that... just just on that note, I'm a, a member of the Prince Charles Cinema, and mm. they sent me an email the other day saying, like, "Oh, cinema's opening up," and I was like, "Ah, oh, whatever." Like, yeah. Do I even miss the cinema? And then they, in the email, they sent the long list of like scheduling that they'd already nice like put out. And the further down I scrolled, I just felt myself salivating more and more. <laughs> like, oh my god, I cannot wait to sit in a cinema again. Oh, it's going to be so good. Me, two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, and probably like three other people, very much not going on their phones. Mm. It's the dream. So that kind of gets onto the question: Is uh, what is your most anticipated movie coming out this year? Okay, so naturally, I have a two-parter to it. Okay. Uh, I'm most looking forward to uh, Get Back, the Beatles documentary. Oh, okay, yeah, good shout. It's the only thing that I've seen as a trailer or like as a five-minute teaser where I've just been like, fuck, that looks amazing. Mm. And even if even if it's just an hour and a half, two hours, whatever, of the Beatles, yeah. I'm in, I'm sold. I'm looking forward to whatever it is. However, that's coming out on Disney+. Plus. So uh, yeah, cool. I'm probably most looking forward to Top Gun 2. Yeah, uh, Top, Top Gun, Gun Maverick. Maverick. I think it's called. Yeah, that's up there. The Candyman remake or reboot? I don't know. Mm. Uh, yes, and One Night in Soho. Yes, which is the new Edgar Wright movie. Yep. But Top Gun Maverick is one where I'm just like. Yeah, definitely getting the IMAX tickets. Say for that. what you want about Tom Cruise, he hasn't made a bad <laughs> film for so long. Not necessarily a great all-time piece of cinema, but the quality of the action, even at Mission Impossible Fallout, I was like, it's a bit long in the tooth. Yeah. But the action scenes are so good. I mean... I think Top Gun Maverick's going to be the exact opposite to what Independence Day Resurgence was. I'll, I'll tell you something quite funny. Um, I remember a few years ago uh, posting something to Reddit. Uh, it was like a reply, and this is why I never post to Reddit now, because mm. they were talking about being able to separate like actors or creative people from their art into the yeah. people that they are. Because let's not, you know, there has been some great work developed by people who turned out to be pieces of shit. And um, I said that, yeah, and someone mentioned Tom Cruise. And I just replied and said, look, I like Tom Cruise movies and I can separate the man from, you know... Separate the art from the artist. That's it. Because a lot of people will throw up the Scientology shit and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, he's a bit of a weirdo like that. And, mate, the replies I was getting was... Uh, it was like, how could you like Tom Cruise? He's basically Hitler. You know, you kind of. I was that getting... is said by someone who doesn't know who Hitler is. Like... This is it, isn't it? This is like really kind of obviously belittles any kind of atrocity that someone like that did. And uh, yeah, that's when I my inbox just filled up, and I was just like, with all these fucking weirdos just defending or not like you know attacking me and Tom Cruise just because I say, hey, I like Tom Cruise movies. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, big side. That's it. I do enjoy Tom Cruise movies. Again, I don't think they're the piece of cinematic masterpiece that. Yeah, they have to be, man. Yeah, but they don't have to. I would sit. I I love watching all of the Mission Impossible films. Same mm. way as I w- love watching the James Bond movies. It's a piece of brain popcorn. Yeah. Is the good guy gonna win? Yeah, probably. So, Take me for a ride. So speaking of James Bond, I I feel that mm. James Bond and the Batman will be my. As, two I was gonna movies. say, are they your two? Yeah, I I like. Because it's much the same as you said, Top Gun. I like big movies. I like. Yeah. I, I want to go to the IMAX. I want to go see this shit and in like all its glory. And I want to get my senses blown. Which is why I'm surprised your answer isn't uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, I've not seen much of it yet. And I'm sure when it does, like the trailer drops for it, I will be well up for seeing it. But it's not. It's not built the hype for me yet. 
So with that, uh, you know, we discussed a few movies that are coming out in cinema. Have you got any ideas for movies for our next season? I think it's time to do season of the Nick. Yes, we will definitely 100%. do. So do you want to explain what the idea behind that Absolutely. is? Absolutely. So when Adam and I first started the podcast, we were like, oh, if we get guests or if we talk about films or dot, 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 how many Nicolas Cage films are we going to end up doing? And so far, we've done none. This <laughs> uh, is a crime in itself, guest... the fact we're called Guilty Pleasure Cinema and we've not done a Nick Cage it's movie a, it, Genuinely, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah. And so we had a conversation maybe probably about a month ago now where I was like, I've had a great idea. Mm. Adam, it's called Season of the Nick and we just do Nicolas Cage movies and we start with Season of the Witch. Yeah. Um, whether or not we end up doing that or not, we'll have to work out the final details, but we're talking Con Air. We're talking um, oh, I threw Snake in, Eyes. I, I threw in some real shit movies, didn't I? Like Next, The Knowing. Next, Knowing. Yeah. Um, National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. Oh, they've announced that. Uh, I, I sent that to you, didn't I? They, they yeah, announced they're going to make the third three. National Treasure. Which, if they don't make it as National Treasure, but the E is like a three, mm. they've missed a trick. <laughs> yeah. Season of the Nick. Uh, do you want to know how close we are to doing Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> I really do. Uh, we're we're getting there. We're we're just under a quarter of the way there, so I feel like a few more. Yeah, I know. Wait, I now I now need to recheck. What number did we say? We for said ten thousand. Okay, because I thought it was fifty thousand. Okay, yeah. that two and a half thousand. All right, yeah, I'll take yeah, that. Yeah. So hey. you're doing really well on that. Uh, to all our listeners, thank you. Yeah, so uh, thanks, will... guys. Uh, we'll we'll put that out now, and we'll probably be uh, giving out some admiration. Uh, up until we have to do the Fifty Shades, and we're like, this is your fault. <laughs> all of you, this is all your fault. Cool. So I'm going to lay out the uh, the first question to you, dude. Uh, yeah, hit me. So do you think that some classic films like Star Wars, Blade Runner, would be a lot less well-received if made today due to stuff being left unexplained? I feel like a lot of the movie audiences are a lot less forgiving and need characters and stories to come to satisfying, satisfying in air quotes, uh, resolution. And that came from Ben Tate. You know, when we talk about ambiguity in movies Mm. and how I I think certain uh, themes and characters can be left very open sometimes that, uh, you know, we think about really good movies that have like almost like unsatisfying resolution like doesn't quite yeah. end or um, I've, I can think of one on the top of my head where you know the movie was ruined because of the ending that citizen movie what's it called the one with Joe Law Abiding Citizen was that Law Abiding Citizen that's the one yeah uh, where obviously Jamie Foxx wins because you're kind of almost rooting for Jerry Butler's character all the way through the movie yeah I don't think it's solely that I think uh, audiences attention spans have certainly dropped mm. and so it needs to be from the script purposes, the amount of people I've sat in rooms with, or now more recently on Skype and Zoom with, and they've just gone like, um, what's going to keep the audience engaged? And to which the answer is the fucking filmmaking. <laughs> like, you, there's a great movie called Swingers, which was oh, yeah. a Doug, Doug Lyman movie. It was written by John Favreau. Right. And there's a scene in that which is literally him giving voice messages, to, yes, like, yes. Uh, answering machine messages. That on page in 2021, someone will be like, okay, but how do we make this engaging? It's like, it, it's engaging because of how uncomfortable it is, because of the yeah. desperation. There's the scene in Taxi Driver where uh, Robert De Niro is on the phone apologizing for taking the woman to the porno movie. Yeah. And the camera just pulls away and turns away and keeps on walking down the hall because Martin Scorsese is like, 
the audience isn't going to want to hear this. We still fully hear it, yeah. but we don't want it to be stood next to it so the camera's just going to walk away from him. Nice. Genius. But you try and do that in 2021, they'll be like, well, why don't we just cut away? If it's a hard yeah. cut away, that way we're in the next scene and the audience is... The problem I had with the latest Star Wars film yep. uh, was at the end of it, I went, well, that wasn't so bad. And then I, I like the next day or that, that evening, I was like, what actually happened in that film? Yeah. It moved at such a pace because it was like, oh, we're in the next scene. We're in a scene where it has a small amount of conflict that you have to focus on mm. before we get to the next small dose of conflict that you don't really need to worry about the overall conflict because you're getting small doses every so often. Yeah. I feel with that, you're, you're so right because they've a, tried to, almost in a way, to disguise the fact that there were so many plot holes that they had something going on every like five seconds so there that you didn't know horses notice. in space one of the right so my my biggest thing that i remember walking out the cinema was was that that whole planet is meant to be like a, a secret isn't it and then you had to find the little pyramid thing to be able to direct you the little homing beacon yeah yeah there were like uh like a gajillion starships in the in the ground mm. all obviously had to be piloted and and manned to do that and then, so I was like, who built those spaceships? Who's yeah. piloting them? Who's yeah. all the people in the crowds? Like, you know, when they're having the battle and things like that. And then suddenly yeah. it's all... So I was like, are they all like Palpatine clones? I don't know. I don't I doubt it, but maybe. Um, but but, it, but even... But that's, that's exactly what I mean. The film moves at such a pace. Mm. Because you can't just have a scene that lasts... And because it moves, you then are just like, oh, I'll think about that in a second because now I want to focus on this new scene. Um, Marriage Story came out was oh, last yeah. year, two years ago. Two years ago, I think. Um, and that's old Kylo um, Ren and Scarlett Johansson, isn't it? Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Scar- uh, Scarlett Johansson, no. Kylo Ren <laughs> divorcing Black Widow. Um, but that has an 11-minute scene in it. Mm. And I listened to an interview with Noah Baumbach, the writer-director, where the first question, uh, kind of pithily by uh, another writer, was like, so you wrote an 11-minute scene. isn't? Don't you know that's something that we're not allowed to do anymore? And he was, Noah Bangwek was like, well, yeah, but it it worked, and that's why I wanted to do it, and ha, ha, ha. And it's one of the reasons I love that film so much, because Noah Bangwek just went, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) And it works, it really works. So so back to something like Blade Runner, or the ambiguity of um, Blade Runner, or Star Wars, or what is unspoken yet yeah, totally audiences now need things spoon-fed yeah i i i think you're right uh, i think mainstream audiences need to be spoon-fed because i feel that if you yeah. do have a slightly higher brow for things like that like you would probably go seek those things out um yeah you know uh one of the things that i was trying to recommend to loads of people was the the lighthouse movie with robert patson and william defoe I'm, I was like, I'm honestly, still yet to sit down with it. Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good movie if you like tension, like, and it is just full of it, and it's just yeah. really like, it's exhausting to watch, and what like, but I like that because it's an almost like the experience in itself. Speaking speaking of exhausting, uh, next question: Nicholas Cage. Here we go. Oh, season right. of the Nick. So. Is Nicolas Cage a great actor who does terrible films or an average actor that's been in several amazing films? And that's from Rory. I think 100% the answer to that question is yes to both. Yeah, I feel that 
you know when we talk about actors that almost don't caricature act? themselves yeah, yeah. Uh, like Christopher Walken yeah yeah he's a perfect example he just turns up and he's Christopher Walken and yeah. uh, I suppose in a way you know Michael Caine's become a bit uh, bit of that hasn't he yeah you know yeah I mean? he has to the point where the last time I saw him in, he was called Sir Michael there we go uh, so that was yeah from Roy uh, he, he said he loved hearing your soul drain on the Legion episode <laughs> no, but just, just just quickly expand on that a little bit more like yeah, Nicholas Cage is a great actor he did um, Moonstruck he worked mm-hmm. with the Coen brothers on Raising Arizona he's an Oscar winning actor yeah like, what's, the, he what's was... the movie the vampire movie oh a Vampire's Kiss Vampire's Kiss that's yeah it. that doesn't fit in the first half of my argument oh, okay but... <laughs> I really like, like that movie. But, but you know, he's worked with some of the best directors in the world and he can, when he's called upon, give a wonderful performance. Mandy came out, I think, maybe three or four years ago. Mm. And that's a film where Nicolas Cage is doing kind of the Nicolas Cage thing, but with a lot of heart and a lot of soul to it. Yeah. However, the man loves a paycheck. He and, does. you know, if mum and dad is going to give him... How, you know, twenty million dollars to do the Nicolas Cage thing, where he beats up a pool table while singing the Hokey Cokey. Shit, he's gonna take it. <laughs> he's almost so good that he can now. He's earned the right to phone it in. Absolutely. And there was an interview with Robert De Niro after he did the Intern, where someone was like, "Oh, they, they asked him that question. Are you, do you not feel like you're phoning it in?" He's like. Or no, do you not feel like you're on autopilot? He's like, yeah, but I'm still flying better than everyone else. <laughs> um, it was like, oh, okay, De Niro's bringing it. But it's true. Like, Nicolas Cage gets panned for doing the Nicolas Cage thing that we've known him to do since probably about 2003. Mm. But 90s Nicolas Cage backwards was an actor that acted the shit out of his day. Yeah. He now just, like I said, loves a paycheck. And all power to him, because he's still yeah. engaging to watch you can't you can't hate on him for like earning a bob doing your job you know what i mean if yeah. i could go on autopilot like him and earn the amount of money he does i'll fucking be well on it uh yeah. some but, some but might say honestly this. lest we forget he's an oscar-winning actor that's all that i'm not that answers that question <laughs> uh so moving on uh which is your favourite Bond and why? So that was from Scott uh, from the Spy Hards podcast. Uh, just oh. a quick little shout, shout out, out to them. them. Episode yeah. coming next week. Uh, him um, and Cam are very lovely chaps, aren't they? Yeah, that was, that was a very good uh, chat with them about Star Trek Generations coming out next week. Um, are they saying best Bond or best Bond movie? Um, I suppose you could open it up to, to that as well. Um, who, well, let's start with the Bond then. Like, who's your favourite Bond? Yeah, you, you go first. You it's go Pierce first. Brosnan. I, okay. I think he's my favourite. And I think it's because that was the time which I caught James Bond movies. Like I grew up and I watched Gold. The girl, I think GoldenEye was, for me, like, ah, oh, this is what James Bond is. And obviously mm. rinsed the shit out of that on N64. Then, you know, I got to follow the movie releases after that. So nice. uh, for me, that was my generational Bond. Saying that, I think that the best Bond is probably Sean Connery. But I think he plays the best Bond when he's in The Rock. Yeah, I mean, Sean Connery is the first Bond, therefore arguably the best, and he's the most. He's got some of the most iconic vehicles and kills. And Daniel Craig's Bond is great, but a mm. lot of it is harkening back to other Bonds. Yes. So is he good, or is he good because he's helped and propelled up by others? Question mark. Mm. I probably have to say Brosnan. I feel bad saying that. 
you feel like is... it's a bit of a basic answer no no because it, but because it's because it feels like the wrong answer <laughs> it feels like you should at this point be saying either connery or craig or oh well roger moore is the funniest but yeah pierce brosnan kind of has don't it forget timothy dalton this is the thing timothy dalton's in two bonds both of which are excellent so he's got a hundred percent success record yeah pierce brosnan acted next to madonna so you know <laughs> Yeah, Question there you go. Marks. Like uh, he managed to carry that, you know, dance of a broom, didn't he? Uh, you know what? I fucking love the Die Another Day soundtrack. Yeah. No, no issues with it. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you that it's Pierce Brosnan because Goldeneye is the shit. Nice one. Um, my fun James Bond fact is that they obviously when they, for some reason, I guess I don't know, they weigh the bonds when they do the thing, and both the lightest and the heaviest. James Bond was Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> from Goldeneye to Die Another Day, he went from 77 kilos to... I don't remember the I number. He started getting that became, 007 money, didn't he? Fucking exactly. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. And I think Tomorrow Never Dies is a really unsung movie. Uh, next question. Uh, you guys reference Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves a lot. Will we ever do an episode? And uh, also, will we ever do Mortal Kombat? So I feel uh, those two movies are on very different uh, sides of the spectrum there. Uh, that was from uh, Ben Studham. Short answer is, fuck yeah, we could do Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Friar Tuck breaking the fourth wall, I'm in. Mm, yeah, uh, it gives us a bit more chance to talk about Alan Rickman. And Absolutely. obviously Kevin And Costner's... Sean Connery is the King of England. There we go. Uh, uh, will we do Mortal Kombat? Well, I, kind of, I think we should do uh, kind of before and after Mortal Kombat. The first ever Mortal Kombat. Mm. And oh, we're not doing one. Annihilation. Fight no, that no, no, and the new one yes, that's coming definitely. out this year and do a side-by-side comparison. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Uh, thanks for that, Stats. So, if there was an Oscar or a Lifetime Achievement Award for a guilty pleasure actor slash actress, who would it be? And that's from Howie. So I would say hard mode, not Nicolas Cage. The guy's actually got an Oscar. You can't give him anything else. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure actor. A guilty uh, pleasure... Oh, fucking Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah, okay. Good show. Yeah, we're talking mm-hmm. Predator. We're talking Ricochet. Mm. Like, the guy is like, oh, how much have we got? Not enough for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I, I've got just the fella, Speed Dial 6, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, 100%. He is, a, I think, a very fun actor. He's a but sexual source. Jesse Ventura is not a man that I'm ever going to say, yeah, he won an Oscar to. Oh, definitely not. Uh, for me, I'd have to say Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. I think he's done enough bargain bucket movies, right. which are so, in bracket watchable. I but, watched Double Team the other day. Yes. I also, no, not yes. <laughs> Uh, is I that watched... way double team is that um, am i getting confused with double impact double team is him and uh chicago bulls is dennis rodman that is the one i'm thinking of. oh yeah. wow uh, <laughs> fuck man i watched that i and then i watched time cop oh wicked what did you think and give I me s- give me one to five on the mullet scale oh five on the mullet like, yes but no, no one's questioning the mullet <laughs> but I still hold firm that Jean-Claude Van Damme is a man that gets hired for spoof movies that they then try and turn serious. I this is the thing that the same the same kind of argument to Nick Cage is that is he a really average actor? He's been in some awesome movies. Uh, 
like say uh, I I don't think you've ever watched uh, J uh, uh, JCVD. JCVD yeah no which is actually a, is probably one of his best acting gigs that he's ever done alright I'll tell you what I will watch JCVD yeah and I will come back to you in the, in the coming weeks regarding it nice but regardless <laughs> of his acting quality mm. when it comes to the plot and the actual beats of what happens in his films yeah I'm sticking with he's doing spoof movies that they're like <laughs> oh let's make this an action film that's fair uh, I'd definitely say that was the same with, probably for Street Fighter. So thanks for that question, Howie. Next question uh, from Taryn. Uh, Henson or Henderson? I believe you're the only person that can answer this. <laughs> well, it depends who you're talking about. You know, if you're talking about... <laughs> if you're talking about uh, Jim Henson, it's both. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you're talking about uh, you know, uh, Liverpool captain, uh, it would be uh, Henderson. Uh, if you're talking about Master of Puppets, uh, yeah, Henson. Uh, glad I could clear that up for you. Thank you very much for that question. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, if you could uh, rewrite any film... Legion. Uh, okay, Hard Mode. A movie that we've not done. Okay, cool. Uh, what would it be? That was from Helen. So thank you for that oh, question, Helen. Hey, Helen. Uh, Adam's better half. Um, I've recently uh, started subscribing to Shudder, a horror movie streaming network. Oh, and yes, one of the films I watched the other day was called The Ranger, which is a start of the movie. It's like a 10 year old girl and the ranger mm. in a cabin. He's like, hey, we were good with what we did today. Don't worry, you'll never forget me. And I was watching it with my housemate, David, uh, who's a film director. And we were both like, oh, we're suddenly really uncomfortable because this could go any direction. Cut forward like 15 years, 10 years, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a, now a punk rocket in a band that goes on the run after stabbing a cop. And they end up back at that same cabin, which is a family cabin. And they run into the ranger again. And all throughout this film, mm. we're like, what happened as a kid? What would they do as a kid? And there's a load of talk about wolves. And there's a load of, like, air time given to the moon, right? Well, werewolves. Yeah, that's the whole thing. We were there being like, this is a secret werewolf movie. When are the yeah. werewolves coming? All you need is a howl. Bring us out the werewolves. And it ended with just the ranger being a sadistic killer. And we watched it back and we were like, He's talking about wolves. They're talking about wolves. Look at the full moon. Look at the full moon. And at one point, the, the closest to wolves they get is the ranger dressed in like a wolf's clothing, howling. And we're there like, this should have been a secret werewolf mm. movie. And it would have got five on uh, Shudder. They rate it as skulls, not stars, which I'm still not sure yeah. how I feel about. But they would have been five skulls. Um, that movie, I wish I'd re- rewritten it with David, who's a huge horror fan. We would have just made sweet like an american werewolf in london inspired yeah. thing but no it's just sadistic killer also there's wolves in these woods yeah do you know what would mm. be really interesting to do somehow is to do a a movie set in a like a universe where monsters and those things actually exist but that's not like the mm. focus of the story do you know what i mean so like lxg oh yeah do you know what all right so uh, movie's already been done uh, so favorite Marvel movie and favorite villain. So that comes from the Side Quest podcast. Uh, thank you very much for that question, guys. Um, Marvel, so hard Marvel mode, villain. Uh, no Thanos, and we because okay. uh, they said oh uh, from the original twenty three. So that would be the also include Endgame, Infinity War, but I would say that we can't have those because they are obviously by far the best movies. Cool. Uh, easy, easy one for me on the favorite. Uh-huh. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Great shout! That is exactly 
the one I went for as well. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. It is a spy movie within the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. Nothing else needs to be said past that. I love me a spy movie. And I feel like a, a like a very guy. close second is Civil War. Civil War is great yeah. too. Like the Captain America trilogy is probably the best trilogy of the of the twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was the movie I put off for so long in uh, watching Marvel films. Mm. It was like, if you look at Iron Man one, it's like Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow and Paul Bettany mm. and Jeff Bridges, and you're like, oh well, I wonder who the bad guy is. Yeah, <laughs> and that formula kept going to the point where I watched or I saw the trailer for Captain America the Winter Soldier and it was like Chris Evans and Anthony Mackie and Scarlett Johansson and Robert Redford it's like I'm <laughs> going to spend two hours waiting for the quote unquote twist where you've revealed yeah. that Robert Redford's the bad guy put it off for so long watching it I was like shit this is great so do you think uh, so who's the best villain then so do you think Robert Redford is or? I, no I don't I don't It'll think Robert Redford's the best villain I think uh I think he's probably the best actor that's been in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> but the best villain... Uh, what's his name? Jeff, Jeff Bridges' character in Iron Man. Um, nice. Obadiah? Yeah, Obadiah. O- Obadiah in Iron Man is great. Mm. And that might just be because of Jeff Bridges. I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah. every every other one... Like Jude Law and Captain Marvel, shrug. Hugo Weaving as Red Skull is pretty good, but still, shrug. Um, so Daniel... what do you think then of uh, my answer is uh, Michael Keaton as the vulture shrug I kiss... really I, you know the... what okay here's, here's why here's why yes it's getting away with the fact that you're there watching and going that's Michael Keaton as a bad guy which you don't often get I don't yeah. think the character's great I think Michael Keaton's great right I think, point. I think you just Ob- said that you think Obadiah is great because it's no and that's what and that's what I'm questioning about myself yeah. it's like am I saying that because Jeff Bridges is amazing or is Obadiah actually fucking great the thing is what I quite like about certain villains is and we said this before is that you, when you can make them human enough that they're relatable and you can see yeah. the angle that they're coming from or you can see their motives and you can kind of in a way muddy the water a little bit because you can be like do you know what? I kind of get what this guy's saying a little bit. That is, and that is exactly the best thing is that uh, everyone is the hero of their own story, including yeah. the villains. Um, are we including Loki as a villain? Yeah, he's like an anti-hero. Uh, but yeah, he's so definitely not... the villain in the first four movie. And the first Avengers movie. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm reluctant to include him because he turns good and so... Uh, um... Yeah. No, I'm going to stick with Obadiah. I like, yeah, I like the answer of, of Michael nice. Keaton as the as um, the, the the vulture. Vulture. Yeah, cool. He, yes, he was the vulture. Yeah, I think that that film actually has one of the best like non-twist twists in a Marvel mm. movie, where he turns out to be the dad. Yes. In a complete moment of like, oh, we're just not going to hang a hat on the fact that they're in a multi-ethnic relationship. Cool. So next question, uh, please can you do a Star Wars special and prove to Craig that episodes 7, 8 and 9 are better than 1, 2, 3? Well, first of all, that would have to be, if I was to uh, prove that they're better, 
I'd have to think they know better. Which they are they not. They certainly aren't. <laughs> yeah. They are definitely not. Next um, question. So I can answer that question right now. They're fucking shit uh, compared to, especially compared to the fucking prequels. Uh, so thank you very much for that question, Josh. Uh, has there ever been a movie so bad that you've actually stopped watching it? Or will you see it through to the end? And that comes from Laura. So thank you very much for that question, Laura. Well, uh, I mentioned that I just got Shudder the other day. So yeah, yeah. I'm rinsing a load of uh, questionable movies. Yeah. And there was one called Stun, starring Lance Hendrickson of Aliens fame and Clifton nice. Collins Jr. of Westworld fame. Oh, yeah. Okay. I made it 10 minutes in. Yeah. And I was just I, like, I'm out. I'm done. This, is the wor- this might be the worst film I've ever seen. I One of the weird things for me is that I try my hardest to give things time and I'll, I'll give things a chance and then if it doesn't get me I'm out um, I've done it lots of TV shows and I know this is why you're a big proponent of not starting watching TV shows cause you're... Yeah, watch it till it's finished yeah um, but I remember messaging you about that uh, Indian horror series that started on Netflix yes. uh, I think it's called Bow or something like that and I was like, hey, you know, it's an interesting idea. I, I'm quite into watching a lot of more like international film and cinema and things like that. So I was like, cool, um, I'll, I'll give that a shout. And I watched it. And I think I made it about two episodes in. And I was just like, nah, nah, I tried. Mm. Uh, I'm out. Um, you know, we've discussed before walking out cinemas. You've never walked out cinema. No, I have uh, Die Hard 5. But I feel sometimes with stopping watching a movie it's there there is an anchor there is like i've invested time into something there's what's called anchor bias it's like why certain people won't leave the table and gambling and things like that because you've you've dedicated enough time to something that you can feel like or you've invested so it's like say you're down and you're thinking that oh if i just wait it out a little bit more i can get back up to where i was Mm. And then, you know, you're just in it. Uh, and, you know, when you should have got out a long time ago, I really try to, you know, be, when I say in air quotes, efficient with my time. We both know that. <laughs> I've got a lot of spare time at the moment. I just feel that if I'm watching a show and it's not captured me enough, I don't think it deserves my attention. And I have been wrong before. Like, you know, uh, I know that's shocking uh, to you that I, I can be wrong about these things. Uh, yeah. But I... Um, but you know what I, I you know what I hate as well like I hate hype uh, with stuff and it and so I kind of like you in a way I don't want to be disappointed by things mm. and almost in a way when people hype things up for me I will refrain from actually watching them so it took me so long to watch Breaking Bad because everyone's telling me what an awesome show it was yeah and then when I did watch it I literally binged the whole season in like a week into in a bit so like I got through it but um, no, I yeah, I think it's pretty strange. I, I, I don't say I stop watching movies. I probably zone out and just get on my phone, and then I realise that I'm like I'm not even watching this movie. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had plenty of like still sitting there and listening to it. Um, mm. It's similar yeah. to like ordering a dessert after a bad meal. Yeah, it's like why am I still here? What the it's fuck like... am I still doing? Giving these people money, my time. Yeah. Oh, the steak was bad, but don't worry, the blueberry compote's going to save it. Like, no, just get out of there, cut your losses, and yeah. go back to something you know you're going to enjoy. The amount of times. Oh, I... do you know what? Yeah. I was just going to say uh, that really comes to mind is the Irishman. Uh, I did, I did two hours of that, and then I was like, cool, I need a break, and then I just 
didn't want to go back to watch it. Which is amazing that you then sat through the Justice League. But that that I loved it. You know no, I, mean? I know. Like, I, know, I was I know. like, I've still I was, like, came I... out of that and I was like, oh my god, my life's changed. I can close. That's a chapter in my my book that I can close. And I, I was just, uh, I was, but I'm an absolute fanboy for stuff like that, yeah. and uh, I, I I'm not shy about that. I've still not seen The Irishman. Yeah, fair. and I'm not losing any sleep over that. No. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, Laura. Um, what stops a film from being a classic and pushes it into the guilty pleasure category? Is films like Predator a classic or a guilty pleasure, for instance? And that comes from Marv from the uh, Pods Like Us podcast. Uh, I would suggest that. Uh, to be honest, I I don't know. Make you know, writing films is what I do for a living. It's mm-hmm. my only source of income, and I enjoy it. I've spent. I'm, yeah, I'm, your OnlyFans account's not really doing that well. <laughs> That's because I let you do the admin for it. <laughs> uh, I've been on this earth for nearly thirty years, and for twenty nine and a half of them, it feels like I've just been watching movies. So I feel mm. like I have a sort of self serving, self given, self appointed autonomy over what is and what isn't right in the film world. Yeah, but I don't fucking know. Like, yeah. if someone was to sit down and say to me, "Oh, um, Gone in sixty seconds" is a piece of cinematic, you know, a, cl- a classic piece of cinematic history, mm. I'd go, "I disagree." Yes, <laughs> and here's why you're wrong. However, fun fact, I actually agree. No, um, I, I can't. You, can't, it's tough to have autonomy over subjectivity. Yes, and that's all there is. All of what you and I do is mine and yours' opinions. And sometimes we work together and sometimes we work against one another. But the biggest thing I've had as a takeaway recently from all the stuff I've talked about or through this podcast mm. and people I've worked with is there is no right answer. Yeah. I sat down with someone the other day and I was like, oh, the, the Princess Bride, everyone loves this. And right about the time that the sword fight is happening between Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Elwes, mm. they're like, this is stupid, can we turn it off? And I was like, but that's The Princess Bride. Yeah. Arguably one of the best films ever made. Yeah. So what stops any film from becoming a piece of classic history is subjectivity. I disagree with what uh, both the AFI and the BFI put as their number one film of all time. IMDb, I think, has it as Shawshank Redemption. Mm. I think the AFI has it as Rear Window. And I, I can't remember what the BFI had it down as. It, uh, not Rear Window, sorry, Vertigo. Yeah. And I think the BFI might still have it as Citizen Kane. Mm. I disagree with all of that. Yeah. That's not to say I'm right. It's just me going, personally, at the time I watched it and the time I've rewatched it and the things I've learned from it, I think my opinion is this mm. because it's my opinion. And that's it. Mass <laughs> opinion. No, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's it. We'll that's the bottom you. line. That Friday the Thirteenth Part Four is not a piece of classic cinema, but it is to someone. Yeah, I. Regardless of how far fetched that sounds, it is to someone. I, for me, I think the thing to remember about movies is it's not one person's vision, and no. it's you know it's... unless it's the Snyder Cut. <laughs> but even that, in a way, you know, no, it's a collaboration of of people and creative artists coming together, and it's not just the people behind the camera; it's the people in front of the camera. And there's all so many other things that go around it, you know. So you think of 
what makes great movies you think of like well awesome composers you think of amazing actors script writing directors even just the way it's shot by the director of photography um, you can even say some things are made by um, sound engineers as well there's a really awesome animated uh, show on youtube um, called astartes nerdy as it is uh, there are some amazing animators out there and with the Astartes animation, uh, one of the things that I thought was awesome about it was the actual, the sound behind it, the the engineering or whoever they did to, to do the sound mix for it, just simply mm. for the the weight of the sounds that came through. So it seems like just the echo, the, uh, the gunshots and things like that, everything just had a, a, a little bit more oomph to it, a little bit more gravitas to the action that was happening on, on scene. And... You know, you, you think of something like that, it's almost equivalent to a... I always think it's like trying to explain it as like a dish, like you'd go and have at a restaurant. So, for example, if you went to a restaurant, you're shown to your table, your, your uh, waiter takes your order, you then it goes to the chef, and the chef has had to prepare with ingredients that's maybe been prepared by someone else, but those ingredients have come from somewhere else, like from, you know, you've got a yeah. nice cut of meat that's come from a local, local farm. And then yeah. this guy... It's not the owner of the restaurant that decides the quality of your meal, it's everyone they employ to do their jobs exactly. to the best of their ability. So, yeah. so I, I feel like, obviously, maybe gone a slight little tangent, but I'm trying to bring it back into this question, and it's about what makes it a guilty pleasure is that I don't think anyone ever goes out of their way to make shit movies. But they, you could argue that is, but like I don't think even... I think people can be aware of things like, oh, right, we're doing a Sharknado movie, you know what I mean? Like that's, But that's the style they're going for. They're trying to make a B-movie classic, in a sense. So, you know, for us to say what is and what isn't a guilty pleasure... I think it is so subjective because, you know, when we try to define what guilty pleasure is, I think it's just a movie that A, you can resonate with, that you can hold a little bit more on a level that somebody else might, like, not. So, you know, if you can imagine that you will have your favourite movies, a little collection of movies that you can put on at any time and really enjoy, but you enjoy it for weird reasons. You know, like, I like judge dread because i like the hammy acting in it you know what i mean i love um oh, what's his name uh disante i'm a disante i'm a disante yeah. um i i like the sylvester Stallone. i love judge dread but i know yeah. that it's a in air quotes a judge dread movie in name only yeah. uh, even though all the aesthetics are awesome the action's pretty cool writing's a little bit shit because of obviously you've got Rob Schneider then <laughs> as well I won't talk anymore yeah. about that but I can I can watch that movie and go I fucking love that movie because uh, it means so much to me and I love everything I even have the music the soundtrack that plays on my running playlist because I damn right I love Alan Silvestri um, mm -hmm. so you know I me mean? I, I can appreciate that movie on such a different level to someone else watching it just because of my opinion you know what i mean yeah interestingly uh, we uh, we actually got asked a similar question when we guested on mars show right yeah and the answer we gave then was kind of more or less the same with the added extra bit that i'll get to now which is if the film sets out to be stupid yeah if you're there looking at 
I mean, we, we reference Shut Up Affleck all the time. I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. That film set out to just be like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if? And everyone there went, well, that's crazy. And they're like, well, yes. Mm. Absolutely. Of course. Like, it's it's a movie. Yeah, it's Michael Bay. <laughs> if, if it sets out with the intention of not changing the world, but just being a piece of entertainment. Yeah. And it entertains. Great. Yeah. Like, it's done its job. And who are we to say... Or who's anyone to say, like, oh, it's good or bad? It's yeah. just preference. I think as well, we, we sometimes say things for more, like, the humour value. So say, like, we're talking about Star Wars. Say, like, I mean, the, the, I mean? The, the podcast we have is comedy, so yeah, it, air, air to a level comedy. is performative. <laughs> like, we are taking up roles in and of ourselves. I'm a character. I do not exist. <laughs> God, I fucking wish. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, the, the, the answer is public opinion yeah that's it if 51% or higher of people go that was a good film then it becomes a good film that's why you then get again people like looking at Back to the Future reanalyzing mm. being like was that racist or was it okay that he was beeping <laughs> Tom and that percentage may then drop and you get that pushback of like but it's the 80s it was classic there will come a time when that needle shifts into 51% of saying Back to the Future was not a piece of class cinema. It was wrong. We shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Whether that's good or not is another debate for another day. But it's public opinion. Cool. That is the only thing that makes it so. Fantastic. Cool. I feel we can end it there. There. Uh, yeah. So with that, do you want to do our social plugs? Absolutely. You can find us on Instagram at Adam and Craig's GPC. We are on Twitter at Adam and Craig. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and the other major major streaming podcast apps. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Uh, we don't have an OnlyFans. We do have a Patreon, <laughs> so check that out. And uh, once upon a time, we discussed the idea of TikToking, but it would have just been us watching a movie on repeat, and you would never have known how far through we got. Yeah, and also as well, obviously, we say this every time. Uh, but we're so appreciative of you guys listening. Uh, we yes. love hearing you guys enjoy our stuff. I think that's always important when uh, you do any kind of creative outlet. That because uh, at the end of the day, we do this for fun, and yeah. we do this because we enjoy doing it. But nothing motivates us more than hearing someone go, "Do you know what? I really enjoyed that." And and I just I just want to say, like, obviously, one of the first questions was like, "Oh, what's our favorite episode?" And I bring up Legion is because that was the episode where I realised personally I was like I'm not having fun anymore. Yeah. And since then I've had an absolute blast talking about stuff with you outside the podcast, doing the podcast with you. Episode episode we've done every interview, planning whatever. Yeah. That for me was the one where I had a tonal shift in like who I was. That again. <laughs> is... no, that it, was your it, Snyder it sounds, cut. It sounds bigger than it should have been, but that's exactly what it was. Cool. I realised because of that that. I wasn't in the place where I was 26 weeks ago or whatever. Cool. Half a year. So if you want to uh, listen to Craig have a mental breakdown on the show. Yeah, I'll see <laughs> you in 22 Legion. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we do Legion 2. 
So uh, with that, guys, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we have discussed about taking a break. Uh, probably not on the cards by the sound of things. We'll probably roll, uh, steamroll through that. Uh, so we will be back Tuesday, and then we'll be dropping announcements on social. So probably more likely on Twitter and Instagram. So check us out there. We will be back next week with a crossover episode with the Spy Hards podcast where we as mentioned earlier, discuss Star Trek Generations. Mm -hmm. But after that, it's either going to be Alien Resurrection or Season <laughs> of the Nick. We've got to start promising that. We don't. We don't have to do anything. We can do whatever we want to do. Damn right. Uh, on that note, guys, thank you very much, and we'll see you then. Stay safe. Bye-bye. No idea why I ended with stay safe. Never done that before. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure. Adam and Craig's guilty pleasure. Sin. Uh...